as someone who was starting to kind of like make shifts to look at the inner mean girl is just kind of like, oh, well, actually it's just a self-protection mechanism. And I had the power to actually change that and to kind of reassure this part of me that it's okay to, you know, to make changes to my stories and my beliefs without it harming me. Hey, Lindsay here. What if I told you you could get unlimited access to some of my best hypnotherapy, mindset hacks, and courses right at your fingertips anytime you want it? It's all inside my Align Your Mind membership. Joining AYM gets you instant access to my entire digital hypnotherapy library with topics for any desire you have, plus a huge selection of bonus content, courses, trainings, and resources for deep, long-lasting transformations that I reserve for members' eyes only. Whatever you desire to embody or release, I got you covered, and there's always something new to explore and benefit from. Your biggest desires are waiting to be achieved, and the AYM membership can get you there. So to join and get more info, hit the link in the episode description and start exploring your limitless potential. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to High Vibe Knit. As always, we're pumped to have you here. And as a reoccurring topic, we are speaking on self-love with another self-love guru slash nerd slash woman who's obsessed like us. So it's a great fit. We're really excited to have Miss Lizzie Cangro on. She's an expert nutritionist and a wellness coach, and she wrote the book Reclaim the Rebel, which we will get into, and it's going to be epic. So yeah, Lizzie, thanks for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for the lovely introduction and thank you for having me. Of course. Lindsay, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> take it away, Lindsay. Lizzie, Lindsay, this is going to be really fun. Kelsey, just be very careful because it sounds the same. I know. We've had, we've had, we've had people on that have, that are also Kelsey and I'm like, Kelsey one, Kelsey two, go. <laughs> it's not quite the same. Uh, Lizzie, I really want to hear your story. I want you to just, I know this, you've probably you know, talked about this before, but what kind of brought you to doing this? What, when, when did you realize it was such an important thing to love yourself, love your body and really grow in that way? Um, so yeah, whatever you want to share with us, I know the listeners would be happy to hear and resonate with your story. Absolutely. And I feel like it's the case with most people in the wellness space is that you're so passionate about what you do because of your own personal journey. But before I go into that, I just want to also say that on Friday, I went to Starbucks and um, they wrote Lindsay on my <laughs> Starbucks cup. So sidetrack, but yeah, you know, every <laughs> very, time very I similar. Tell, every time I tell someone Lindsay over the phone, they say Wendy. And I'm like, yeah, it's Wendy. Let's go with my that. Name's Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> So funny. You can be anybody who you exactly. want Exactly. <laughs> and um, so really, you know, going back to how I really became so passionate about self-love is because I had my own journey to achieving unconditional love for your body, really starting when I was 14 years old and um, I developed an eating disorder. And that eating disorder, I talk a little bit more in depth about kind of the um, events that kind of led up to it. 
but it came from a place of not trusting myself with my food. And as a result, um, I looked to external sources. Um, at that point, it was mostly magazines. Um, we didn't really have social media back then. Um, but I looked to magazines to tell me what to eat in order to be healthy. Um, and as a result, I came across some not so good advice and made myself very, very sick. And um, at the time, I was also um, doing a lot of running. And um, that was one thing that I was, I was good at in school. And that made me um, kind of popular amongst the girls and the boys. But because I wasn't fueling my body correctly, I became skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And this is something that kind of got picked up on by my peers. But because I was good at running and because I was getting skinny, um, both um, the guys and the girls were kind of praising me because of this. And so it was kind of this vicious cycle um, where I descended into anorexia nervosa. And it took me 10 years to fully recover from um, the physical um, aspects of that self-abusive cycle of using food to kind of, um, I guess, control my body and using exercise to um, punish my body. Um, but it wasn't really until after um, I'd fully recovered and I became a nutritionist because I was so passionate about making sure that others got advice um, that was reliable and that they didn't run into the same issues that I ran into when I was 14 years old. Um, only when I kind of had gone through that process and, um, and, and retrained um, before that I was a teacher did I actually realize that there was still a missing piece? And that missing piece was um, how I was um, abusing myself mentally. So the physical aspects of my health were pretty much dialed in. I had a much more balanced approach to my nutrition um, and my um, exercise, but I wasn't speaking to myself in a way that I would speak to other people. And I think this is um, a deeper and more widespread issue amongst um, the world in general. Um, and that is something that I turned into um, referring as a czar in a mean girl. And when I was first out in California, I um, was studying to become a fitness instructor. And then afterwards, I was able to open my own practice. And when I opened my practice, I had more and more clients come to me doing all of the things in terms of having healthful nutrition and exercise behaviors, but they were so stressed out, so negative towards their bodies, and they didn't understand why um, a common reason why people come to me is they want to lose weight because they want to feel good in their bodies. And so they didn't realize that actually these um, uh, mindset blocks were preventing them from actually having a body that they loved. And so this is something that I dived into in my own personal development, because at the time I was still feeling very insecure in my body. Um, you know, just moving to California, I'm a Brit with fair skin and everybody around me was tone tanned. Um, and I didn't feel good enough for my boyfriend. And so I kind of dived into it from a place of wanting to improve my own 
self-image and self-love. But in turn, I discovered all of these tools that were super simple but effective that I could use on my clients to also help them improve their self-image, their confidence, and ultimately achieve unconditional love for their body. Oh, I'm muted. <laughs> What's up? What's up, everyone? I'm back. Um, what a great story. There was so, uh, I, I love your journey. And I think that, uh, you know, it's one that, as you said in the beginning, people can resonate with doing their own growing through, or, or rather teaching about growth through their own experience. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how old you are, but I do know that when I was in high school and when I was, I don't know, that age, you get all kinds of messages, right, of what is acceptable and how to be in the world and what will get you shunned. And so you try everything to not be shunned and to not be um, ostracized. And unfortunately, a lot of those things are very, very, very unhealthy. And the biggest thing, I mean, how different I know for me, my life would be immensely different if I had learned the self-talk piece first, right? The self-talk piece first, and then everything kind of just naturally unfolds from there. But if you are doing all the things, even the healthy things physically, and you're still beating yourself up inside, you're, you're doing nothing. Whereas if you, I think, and you know, you're the nutritionist, but I have found for me, when I start talking to myself nicer, I don't even necessarily have to do as much, you know, because the pieces kind of fill in themselves and the, the puzzle kind of puts itself together. And it's not that way for everybody, but it must, it must be one of the first things uh, you do if you're, if you really want to have lasting change, because that is, it's such a cliche to say, but you, the biggest relationship you're ever going to have is the one with yourself. And if you're not nurturing that and growing that and loving on that, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what do you hope to get out of this situation? Um, so yeah, I really love that story and, and how important the importance that you placed on self-talk because as a hypnotherapist, that is number one, right? Like, how are you talking to yourself? And you may not always notice it. It's one of those insidious things, right? That we don't, we don't notice because nobody tells us to notice it. Nobody teaches us that. And in fact, they kind of stay away from any internal monologue and say, go buy this thing, go have a relationship with this person, go do this thing outside of yourself. Don't worry about what's going on inside. It doesn't matter until it really, really does. So I'm glad that you talked about that. It's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. And something interesting that's standing out to me is like how you're talking about how you were praised for becoming thinner and thinner. Whereas like for me, I was always naturally really thin and I would get picked on for being so skinny. So it's like, oh yeah, no matter what you're doing, you can't win. You're never going to win. It doesn't matter how your body looks. You can't create a body that's going to get you the love that you can't get from yourself, right? So right. it doesn't matter if you're trying to gain weight, become more curvy, become more muscular, become less overweight. Like there is no ideal body that's going to like help you win at like socialization mm -hmm. or even just like you loving yourself more. Um, yeah. It's really all in the mind and comes down to your relationship, which is, you know, it always comes back to self-love. And even it? if it's, it does. <laughs> and even if it's not weight, I never got commented on no matter what weight I was. I got commented on with my height because I'm tiny. I'm a pocket person. And every single time, every friend group I was in, every time someone met me for the first time, it was, oh my gosh, you're so little. I was like, thanks. 
(laughs) Thank you. What am I supposed to say to that? You know? So Kelsey, absolutely on point. It does not matter. They will go find something to make you different. And I just am like, win the game. I don't even want to play. Let me just like, (laughs) I'm not playing anymore. (laughs) Seriously. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, from such a young age, Um, This is where kind of the lack of awareness comes in because we're bombarded with all of these kind of messages um, from, you know, society at large, but also kind of like our family and friends from the age of, you know, you know, since we're born pretty much, you know, your, your brain is such a sponge at that very young age that you just pick up on all of these things and we don't know how to interpret them. As you say, you know, it can be related to our height. Um, You know, what does, being shorter mean like what you know is how am I supposed to feel about myself what do you want me to be feeling right now (laughs) exactly exactly and so you know all of these messages kind of um, get poured onto us and just become part of our subconscious belief system until we don't really have that awareness of them being part of our lives they just are um, who we identify as and so really the first step in terms of turning this all around is having that awareness that you're talking about is kind of like um, shining a light onto some of the stories that we sort of had buried um, Mm -hmm. for decades. And I want you to speak about this too, because I know for me, when I'm teaching this to clients, I'm like, I have to say, okay, all we're going to do is notice it, but we're not going to judge. It's like the, I don't even finish the sentence before I have to interject it because it is such a, such a deep seated thing. So how do you, I guess, uh, do you work with clients or, I mean, I'm sure what, what's in your book. Let's talk about that, about the non-judgment piece, because I do think it's just so important that we break that cycle. You're judging yourself for judging yourself at this point. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop that right now. <laughs> and I got stuck in that loop for, for a very, very long time. And yes, that is definitely something that I work with clients um, with one-to-one. And I also talk about it in several chapters of the book in terms of kind of um, our inner mean girl is essentially us shaming and judging ourselves. Now, shame kind of um, keeps us in line and keeps us kind of like trying to fit into society's standards and judgment just makes us feel bad and just makes us feel like we're not enough um and so really kind of like breaking that cycle kind of involves first of all realizing that these stories aren't our stories um and kind of with love giving them back to where they came from even if it is you know our family and they 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 are getting those stories from somewhere. So that's another way of kind of reframing things as opposed to getting um, frustrated and um, judging them for having the stories. So that's one way of sort of giving those stories back. But another way is also kind of realizing that our own inner mean girl, who is kind of the source of that shame and judgment, is trying to at some level protect us um, by keeping things the same right because us humans all just want to be safe and sometimes um whilst our inner mean girls stories are not what we want to hear the stories are the most safe stories for us to hear um, because they're predictable and so that is a very freeing way for me um as someone who was starting to kind of like make shifts to look at the inner mean girl is just kind of like oh well, actually, it's just a self-protection mechanism. And 
I had the power to actually change that and to kind of reassure this part of me that it's okay to, you know, to make changes to my stories and my beliefs without it harming me. Oh my God, yes. so important. Kelsey, so I, want you, I want you to say something because I have something to say. So you <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just gonna, you know, drive the point home that to have compassion for the parts of you that create the most dysfunction in your, in your life is like one of the most transformational tools and practices mm-hmm. you can do because it's impossible for you to be against yourself. Even your most evil, mean, dysfunctional, critical, horrible, unlikable parts have all developed inside of your psyche for a reason, for a valid reason, and usually to try to protect you or to help you get a need met or to help you avoid some type of pain. So to push these parts away is actually the opposite of healing, to bring them closer Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, inner mean girl, I get that you're trying to help me avoid outer criticism by criticizing me on the inside. I get that you're trying to keep me in line and I appreciate your good intentions, but like, we don't need to do that anymore. These stories aren't real. We picked them up from wherever and, you know, we're growing up and we're moving on. So I definitely wholeheartedly believe in your approach because it's something that I also like teach hardcore as well. So love to hear it. If you're a fan of it, sushi is incredible, but gas station sushi, not so much. Finding the right sushi makes all the difference. And the same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood, one that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and that you're heard, even if you're just telling them about your favorite sushi place. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're already set to meet someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that's right for you, and book an appointment, in person or remotely, that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash V-I-B-I-N and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash V-I-B-I-N. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, lower productivity, and even reduced white blood cell count, which is what helps you fight against disease, viruses, bacteria, and more? Beam Sleep Product Dream Powder is their best-selling healthy hot cocoa. It tastes delicious. It puts you to sleep fast and it helps you sleep solid for hours. And for me, I wake up super refreshed. Like I thought I was a great sleeper before I tried this product already. And I slept with it and I slept like a rock and I woke up like so energized, which is very unlike me. So I highly, highly recommend this product. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream, and 99% of people experience better sleep quality. You just mix it into some hot water, some nut milk, you stir and enjoy before bedtime. 
They also have a new flavor, which is worth mentioning, sea salt caramel. The sea salt caramel dream powder is only available for a limited time, so be sure to grab some before it runs out at the end of the summer. And if you don't love anything by Beam, you can get your money back guaranteed for a limited time. Get 35% off when you go to shopbeam.com slash vibin and use code vibin at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash vibin and use code vibin for up to 35% off. Yeah. And I think it's important to double back and talk about how you're wanting to release these stories to whoever gave them to, even if you don't know who that was, you don't really have to release it to source, release it to the universe, release it to God, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with you're allowed to do that. You don't have to know where it came from and you also don't have to keep it. The other thing that I'm glad that you said is the uh, safety piece. You know, it feels sure I want to do this, but who am I without this story? Who am I without this limit or this, this thought about myself? And it is a scary thing for a second, you know, because you just don't know. And your brain is going into overdrive. Like, Oh, I need a plan. I need to figure this out. Like you're, we're, we're in danger. Unknowns are just as dangerous to your subconscious as a known danger. So that is a very important piece to, to mention. That's why it feels that way because your, your, your subconscious is really just trying to protect you in the only way that it knows how. What's important to remember about that is just because it feels unsafe doesn't mean it is. And the reason, another reason it feels unsafe is because your subconscious, again, doesn't know expiry dates. It has no idea that there's a time limit on when, when this is relevant versus not because it just doesn't exist. So if you learned something at 14 that felt so true at the time, it doesn't know that you're ever going to not need it. It just doesn't know that. And it, and once you can kind of get on board with this idea, it then becomes your responsibility, not in a bad way, in a beautiful way to teach your subconscious, like, Oh, you know what? We don't actually need this. And this feels better and more expansive. And I think we should just go in this direction. Just trust me. We're going to be fine. You just trust me. We're going to go in this direction. And, and it just makes it easier, but the feeling afraid is natural but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means your brain is misunderstanding what's happening. <laughs> Absolutely. Classic. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's also a, it's not a linear process either. Exactly. Um, and that's something that um, it, it took a while for me to accept is that, you know, sometimes even though you've been on this journey for a while as sort of, you know, telling your subconscious it's okay and it's okay and it's okay, something might come up that, kind of like triggers that inner mean girl thought again and it's very easy to kind of like go oh my goodness you know why can't I get rid of this thought um and sort of almost get sucked back into that vicious cycle of judging yourself that you haven't you know completely shifted that belief yet um but it really is a um a sort of an up, down, up, down cycle, but just generally progressing and sort of um, having that self-compassion in itself to kind of say, well, I'm human and this inner mean girl is going to come up at points, even though I've been working on it for a while. And Um, how amazing am I for noticing that it's happening now? Whereas a month ago, three months ago, I would never have noticed that this is an inner mean girl. So good job, me, you know, like obviously you're farther than you were, or you would never have, it wouldn't have come into your brain, you know, but I do understand that feeling of, I thought I did all this work. I thought I was past this. 
And maybe all that stuff was for nothing. I promise you it's not for nothing. You haven't lost any momentum. It's just beautifully said by Lizzie. It's not a linear process. It's just not. Yeah. Thanks for that reminder. Because I think in the personal development space, when you're really into it, (laughs) it's easy to be like, oh, we already (laughs) healed this. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm having this problem again. Or I thought I was enlightened enough to not be triggered anymore. Like the fact that we don't even give ourselves the space to get triggered is crazy. Like we are still people at the end of the day, no matter how self-aware you become, no matter how self-loving you become, like you're not going to be you know, immune to getting triggered or having regressive type moments. I'm using air quotes for regressive because they're not really, Mm -hmm. it's just another level of expansion. But yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that piece because it's important. And what's my favorite quote? It doesn't get easier. You just get better. It doesn't get easier. You just get better. It will feel easier because you are better. (laughs) (laughs) It's like any practice, right? Like you, um, you you go to the gym to work out and build a muscle um you can't just expect to to like build a muscle in a day oh (laughs) the time right so I hate working out I I get so frustrated I'm like where's my freaking six pack that I had (laughs) when I was 13 where's that at I want that I wish but you're right it just doesn't happen that way you have to actually work for it (laughs) (laughs) Lizzie I have a question I've been dying to ask you since you mentioned like lovingly letting go of the stories would you be so kind as to share with us some of the stories that you let go of that were beneficial for you to let go of in order for you to come into more love for your body yeah oh so many stories (laughs) um but one of my biggest stories was actually um something that prevented me from showing up on camera or showing up for my business and that was that I was ugly and that story came um from being teased in the playground uh when I was like seven for looking like one of the teachers and I took that to mean that I looked old I had bags under my eyes Um, And so like by the age of about 10, I was researching these expensive anti-aging eye creams um, because I was trying to fix my face. Um, And I was, yeah, I was 10. I was in middle, it would have been the middle school um, equivalent. So yeah. Um, And then I think a couple of years later, I got told that I needed glasses. So I was like, oh, great. I can use them to cover up my face and hide. Um, and that kind of like created this whole identity around like the quiet nerd girl who like didn't show her face on camera or like I was the one that was taking the pictures. Um, and that stayed with me um, until um, <laughs> during COVID, um, my boyfriend, now husband, and I were, went running, but we went running in masks because it was that time when, you know, you had to mask up everywhere. Um, and so I had my glasses on and I had my mask. Wait, and did paparazzi show up and think you were someone famous? <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> that would have been a really cool story. But actually, this is this is this wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, this wouldn't have happened any other time. But I was literally I was breathing so heavily into my mask <laughs> that um, kind of like I started to mist up. <laughs> You know, when like you open an oven door uh and you like fog up, it was the same thing. So I went to like adjust the side of my frames to kind of like get rid of some of this fog and the glasses broke in my hand. And at that time, it was around the same time that I was kind of starting to really dive into kind of personal development work from the 
similar kind of perspective and mindset and um kind of connecting with the universe and I literally just went oh, f you universe because I knew in that moment I was like oh that's a sign I actually had to kind of like confront the person in the mirror stop hiding I had contact lenses that I had at home I'd had them for you know a year or so because I wanted to address this belief I know we were talk talking earlier about you know how we've kind of got this desire but it doesn't feel safe well in that moment I was like forced into not feeling safe and I had to wear these contact lenses look at myself in the mirror and actually confront the story of I'm ugly and it felt so soul crushing to confront yeah. that story um but this is one of the tools that I used um to to really overcome my um self-sabotaging behaviors and thoughts about my body I used a mirror exercise by yeah. Louise Hay where you look in the mirror and you tell yourself that you love the body parts that you don't necessarily love um, or you reframe what I like to do is actually reframe um, the stories to something that's more believable so it doesn't have to be I love you it can be something like um, you know oh I'm so grateful for um the shape of my face because it means that I look good in hats something mm. like that something that you can realistically believe and so I started to use this exercise every single time I looked in the mirror when I wasn't wearing my glasses and slowly changed that story of I'm ugly to something that felt more empowering and more realistic not that kind of toxic body positivity of I love myself I love myself I love myself mm -hmm. it was something that I could actually believe and that I felt empowered to tell myself. Um, and I mentioned that exercise in, in the book and that story as well, because yeah. it really was a deep rooted story that had been hanging around for a very long time. And thank goodness for the universe for helping me change that. This is what I was gonna say. Let's just, <laughs> we love you universe. Sorry, we do get mad at you sometimes because you show us what we really need to hear and not what we want to hear. But it's I love that you were, that you there's so many times that I'll get just the one thing that I don't want, right? But you know, you gotta do it. And it's just like so crazy making, but what a beautiful sign. And you knew exactly what it meant. Like it knew exactly how to talk to you in that moment. Like this is a non-missable message that she's gonna get. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mirror work is so powerful. And I give it to clients only sometimes if I feel like they're, you know, ready and, and it's something that they can do. Cause it is hard. It's hard if you do love yourself, it is hard especially when they say like, make sure you look into your own eyes. And it's like, ah, what? <laughs> it feels so eyes. uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's, it is very uncomfortable, but if you can do it, when you can do it, it is, it is very, very, very beautiful and healing. And it, it is one of the most profound things you can do for a reason, because it is that potent and it is that powerful. Um, so thank you for sharing that really. Yes. Great exercise. Would you feel like sharing one or two more of your favorites maybe from the book or ones that you do with yourself or with clients as far as building more body confidence in like the self-image because what's crazy to me in your story is like your story of thinking that you're ugly when like yeah. anyone with eyes can see that you're clearly not so <laughs> like everybody has these stories right like my nose is horrible I'm too this I'm too that I'm not this I'm not enough what are some of your other favorite practices that you feel like have worked the best 
Yeah. In terms of specific to body confidence, yeah. I think um, letting go of comparison is huge. I think a lot of our internal turmoil comes from what I call like shitting on yourself, like ah! comparing yourself to others. We always <laughs> say that on the show. <laughs> Soul sister. <laughs> shitting on yourself um, is like the worst thing that you can do because um, essentially kind of like you're saying, I don't have that. I should look like this. Um, and so to overcome that kind of comparison and that kind of, well, I should have this, um, I turn it around and use like a gratitude list. So that a gratitude list focuses on what you do have as opposed to what you don't have. And so again, you know, you can start off not necessarily by um, listing absolutely everything that you love about your body, but you can list some things that you're grateful about in terms of your life, your health. And then when you start to look for, things that you're grateful for just in general you'll start to notice things that you're grateful for in terms of your body and you can kind of gradually add that in um so that's one of my favorite things to use in terms of specifically body image because that was something that um really helped me overcome um my um insecurities around my skin tone when I moved to California I literally um would get a spray tan from a salon every single week before COVID just to cover up my skin. Um, and because the salon closed during the pandemic, I couldn't do that anymore. And so I literally fell to pieces in front of my boyfriend because I was like, oh no, he hasn't seen like the real me. He's gonna not love me. And anymore. then he freaking married you. And then he and married just, me. <laughs> yeah. So just take a beat here. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the gratitude list I think really helped with that because um at that yeah. point I was still um that was before the whole glasses gate thing that we talked about. Um and so I kind of like started thinking about you know how grateful I was that my body was healthy, um, mm -hmm. how grateful I was that you know I was actually in California. Um, that's something that I would never even dream of when I was when I was yeah. tiny. So that really, really helped. Um, another tool that Wait, I really like to pause you one yeah, second yeah. to that. Okay. So I love this practice because gratitude is amazing, but also sometimes it's like when we don't like certain parts of our body, right. We can't like fake that we do. It's like that, you know, yeah. toxic positivity, like how we said. So instead of pretending that you love it, you can at least appreciate something about it. You know, like right. if you don't like your stretch marks after having a kid, it's like, well, maybe I don't like how they look, but I'm grateful for my children. And these are like my battle wounds or yeah, maybe I don't like the shape of my nose, but I'm grateful that it helps me breathe. Maybe I don't mm -hmm. like my crooked teeth, but I'm grateful that I'm able to eat. And you can have genuine gratitude for that area or that part, even if you're not necessarily obsessed with how it looks to you. Um, so I think that's super beneficial and to take it even like another layer further into the subconscious, like if you're having trouble getting rid of the comparison, it's, it's that same parts work that we were talking about before. Like, what is the pure positive intention of comparing yourself to other people? Why would it be a good thing to compare yourself to others? If you can sit with that question and maybe realize oh, I'm comparing myself to try and keep up or, oh, I'm comparing myself to try and feel better about myself or, oh, I'm comparing myself to try to motivate myself to change so I can feel more inner peace or X, Y, Z. You can, again, come to that space of compassion and then lovingly let go of the comparison. Like, okay, 
to get to where I want to go, meaning to feel how I want to feel, actually, this is not helping me. This technique of comparison is not helping me, even though a part of me believes that it is helpful to compare. So we're going to we're going to let that go now. We're going to shift to yeah. a gratitude mindset, because I think where a lot of people get stuck, they're like, oh, how am I just supposed to shift from comparison to gratitude? And it's like, well, if you have resistance to letting go of the comparison, explore that first as like a sub step and then get into the gratitude piece, I think is like so okay. beneficial. So I have a challenge. For- <laughs> Give it to the us. panel. <laughs> the panel. So here's the thing. When you say, Lizzie, when you first brought up Stop the Comparison, love it. Amazing. Shout it from the rooftops. The first thing I think of, because I see this with clients, and if I'm going to play this game, I do this with myself. I compare to me 10 mm. years ago. I compare to me when I was stress-free. I compare to me when I, you know, had breastfeeding boobs. Hello. I compare myself (laughs) to me a lot. So that is a great example of, okay, well, I can't not, I, I, how do you not compare to your own self? Cause you know, it's like a double-edged sword. Cause you know that it was you and you have done this. So why can't I do this again? But then it's also like, well, wait, why can't I do this again? Why is it not happening? It must be the hardest thing in the world because I know I did this. Um, so while you guys were talking and speaking such beautiful truth into this podcast, I was thinking like, okay, so in those moments where I'm like, oh, my skin's too blotchy, (laughs) you know, like it was not this way when I was 27 or, you know, whatever. Uh, one thing that, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like things that I could, I don't know, reframe that. Like maybe I know more, right. Than I did. Well, than I w- when I was doing okay I'm gonna I'm gonna let Lizzie Help give me. her two cents and then I'm gonna give my two cents and we're gonna yes. do like group coaching session please please, please love it <laughs> I love this I love this so much because it is such a common thing that I see in my practice um including when um people's photos pop up on their memories uh-huh. um on social media um I literally had a discussion with a client like the other day about this and she said you know that she got triggered because she saw a photo of herself when she was slimmer. Um, and she got really frustrated because she was like, well, why can't I be like this again? Um, and so in her case, what we discussed was actually what progress she made um, since that photo was taken. And we actually talked about how she got to that place via a very unhealthy way of Mm -hmm. doing it and so um in the context of kind of bodies changing sometimes it's a it's a matter of kind of like really looking at the context a little bit more and going okay well you know I did look like that but at that time like I was in huge anxiety because um you know I I didn't think I looked good um or you know I was fueling myself in a very unhealthy unbalanced way and I wasn't enjoying myself whereas now like I actually I'm not starving myself or I'm not hating on myself as much and so that's generally um what I coach clients through a lot of the time is actually how their body size has changed over the years and but how their story has also changed yeah I I like like that that context piece that's kind of what I was that was kind of my angle on it too. Like you have to think of when you had those pregnancy boobs, like the context was you were pregnant. Like you can't just expect <laughs> no, 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 yourself. No. 
Well, yes, yes. Breastfeeding boobs are different than pregnancy boobs. Okay, okay. Breastfeeding boobs, breastfeeding I basically boobs. am leashed to my child 24 seven because I have to make sure that they are getting, you know, I can't just go on a vacation. I can't go anywhere without them. So it's great, but it's also like, I remember thinking I cannot wait until I'm done nursing because I want my freedom, freedom. Right. And now, and now here you are. And then it's now funny that it. you're like, oh, well, I wish I could go back. Even though when I was there, <laughs> I, do, I wish but, that I wasn't there. You know, it is funny. It is one of those, the grass is greener, but I think that I do have a lot of fondness for my myself before kids purely because God, what the hell was I stressed about? What could I have possibly been stressed about? Nothing. I, what, what, what? <laughs> like all I was doing was thinking about how I could have more fun. I was in LA, Liz, Lizzie. I was in LA with my friends. We're like, it's 3 a.m. You want to go to Vegas? Yeah, let's go to Vegas. Why not? Let's just drive there. And I live here. So it's different and I don't love it, but it's like, you could do whatever you wanted. You could do whatever you wanted. I had no responsibilities, but that's really the biggest thing that I like think back on. Other than that, I mean, what would I trade? I wouldn't trade anything. I don't think I would trade anything for that level of frivolity, <laughs> you know, because the moments that this, here's what I'll say. The moments that I have now in my life as I am are so much more profound any given moment. Look, o- look over at my kid and just see him watching TV is the most profound so much more profound than any night in Vegas I ever could have had. So, I mean, maybe, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. <laughs> but it's true. Like all of my moments are just so much more rich. And I think that for the moms out there who have another, have the fondness for their younger lives, like I do, I think we're human and we're allowed to do that. Um, talk to me when I get gray hairs, I might have something different to say, but Kelsey has just like, she's, she's gonna be those. my teacher. You're going to be my teacher because I wish you and my husband both are like, I love, love my wisdom. I mean, the gray hair reframe is just like, I just look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I'm only 28 and I have all this gray hair, but like, it's just my wisdom showing. It's your wisdom. (laughs) wisdom. My husband's like, this is always a good reframe. And then I just think of like how it makes me even more witchy and like mystical. And I have like this big curly hair with like gray sparkles coming through. Yes. Just like, you know, it's fine. Yeah. But to talk on the comparison piece a little bit more, I think comparison in general as a practice is kind of insane because if you think like you wouldn't actually compare like a tree to a flower, right? They're both plants, but they're completely different. And yes, Mm -hmm. from an objective standpoint, you can say that trees are sturdier and, you know, they're bigger and they're more impressive, but like, can you say that? Like, how can you compare two different things that are so different? So you Kelsey's a tree self, person. We know that. So different. <laughs> Not, well, I was just looking at trees right now. And I don't have any flowers nearby, but it's like, how can you compare yeah. an apple and an orange? It's just preference, right? Do you want something sweet? Do you want something tart? Do you want something orange? Do you want something green? Like you can't compare yourself to another. That's a practice that's insane. Right. And you can't compare yourself to a different version of yourself because that's also insane. Like when you really think about it, comparison is like wackadoodle. I like that because no matter what you try, let's use the self piece comparing to your own self. No matter what you try, you are cellularly a different person. All of your cells have regenerated. Your skin is different. Your, your DNA is different. Like you are, you are 
cellularly a different person. So I like that because it makes me feel like I, it, it helps me understand that I am exactly who I'm supposed to be right now and helps me embrace that because thinking constantly of who I was and who, you know, for, for a lot of us, who you were in the past and the things you did and were able to do irrelevant, you might as well be thinking of a parallel universe, which could be fun, but not productive. <laughs> I'm going to take away from this retreat pure happiness, new friends, new amazing friends, and the confidence to live my life again. My favorite part, because it's the most important part, is the healing. I don't remember a time when I was more embraced and cradled, and there was an angel in every single woman in this group for me. Every person deserves to have this experience, to have this awakening and to feel fulfilled in their life. I could not have asked for a better six days of my life. You become a better person, you meet awesome people, you go home with a whole new tribe of soul sisters. If you're thinking about doing this, do it. There's no reason not to. This October, I'm taking a select group of women to Mexico to experience themselves in a whole new light. Not only will we be doing the healing work, creating mindset shifts, and learning self-love tools, we will also be playing on the beach, resting by the pool, and bonding together in sisterhood. If you're feeling ready for the girls' trip of a lifetime, join us. You can apply today at kelseyaida.com retreat space is limited so take inspired action now and a pro tip you can invite a friend to save $500 each on enrollment I'll see you in paradise and I think that's the point as well like is it productive like yeah you know is it is this actually helpful or is this creating a sense of you know longing for something that isn't as you say like is not you know your reality right now Um, and And I remember wishing for exactly what I have right now. I remember that, you know, in that, at the same time, like, oh, I can't wait to have my own house and have my kids and be married and all these things. And I have every single thing on my list, you know, like listeners who can relate to this. What do you have right now that you always wished you would have? And that will just skyrocket you into gratitude. One reason, one reason your life is exactly what you wanted it to be. Or even just amazing, you know? So gratitude, Mm non-comparison. And then Lizzie, I cut you off before you were going to go into your next one. Oh, no, all good. Um, So I that gave me a bit more time to think about the question. So (laughs) I love that. Um, And I think another big one that I really had to personally overcome um, and that I think a lot of women maybe battle with is the whole idea of um, dressing their bodies and using clothes, hair, makeup, um, you know, skincare to care for their bodies and to really represent who they are um, in kind of an external way. So we talked a little bit about the internal, but there's also the external element. And a story that I had when I was growing up was that it's vain to yeah. care about your appearance. 
And so, you know, even when I was sharing some of my stories originally about, you know, um, getting upset because I wasn't tan, you know, um, feeling insecure about my appearance, there was like a, a, an underlying deep, almost shame and guilt and judgment that I was vain because I cared about that. Um, and again, like it's not something that we should be shaming and judging ourselves over, but it can happen. Um, and so a way to really kind of um, overcome that is to realize that we have the right to adorn our bodies in a way that feels good to us, whether or not that is, you know, dressing up in heels every single day and wearing a full face of makeup, or if it's lounging around in your PJs with your hair tied up and your glasses on, like that's, if it works for you and your body and it's coming from a place of love and self-care, I think mm -hmm. the energy is really important. Um, and however that looks like for you, then, then that's great. And that's a process of letting go of um, that shoulding again and just stepping into, well, what feels good to me today, yeah. you know, um, and, and kind of imagining that version, the highest version of yourself and what she wants in that well, moment. And let's just remember that not doing something because you're afraid of what people will think of you is equally as bad as doing something because of how you feel people will think of you. Like if you're going to, I don't want to say neglect, but if you're going to disregard what makes you feel good externally, because you don't want people to think that you're vain, like free yourself. <laughs> That's what we, we do talk about this a lot. Like once you stop caring what other people think you become so empowered. And I agree. I don't think we should just disregard that, but I do think that because it's the only thing that the outside world can see they, we assume that they assume that that's the only thing we care about. Like there's a whole bunch of assumption happening. Um, and that can, that can feel vain, but who, who cares? Like who cares? Who knows? Who cares? What feels good to you? And I think that, yeah, I, I mean, vain is such a, it's such a word, isn't it? Who, who so said, who said vain was wrong and why do we define it that way? And can we please redefine it, please? Because it's, and this annoying. is really reminding me of last week's episode. It is right. Versus self-love. So yes. if you want to hear a whole tangent on that, go ahead and rewind to the last episode before this one. But I love, I love how you use the word adorn, adornment, yes. this energy of like, I'm decorating my body because it's fun and it brings me pleasure and joy. It's like, when you decorate your house for the holidays, people aren't like, oh, you're so vain because you're putting Christmas lights <laughs> yeah. on your house. Look at that vain <laughs> ass Christmas tree. Look at that Can you vain ass it? Christmas tree. Like, no, people are just like, oh, they're celebrating something that makes them happy. Yeah. You know, in the same way you can celebrate yourself and bring out your best qualities. Like I'm a cosmetologist by trade. So my whole first part of my career was, you know, decorating people, <laughs> doing their face up, enhancing their features, doing their hair beautifully so they feel confident. So I know from firsthand that there's nothing vain about it. It's just, you know, there's something really empowering about feeling your most sparkly and radiating the most. And mm -hmm. if you want to actually wear sparkles or sparkly jewelry or shiny hair or whatever it is that you want, awesome, more power to you. Yeah. I think that, a, I mean, judge me if you want, I might say this completely wrong, but I think that the distinction could be if you are decorating yourself or adorning yourself because you think it will, you know, I don't think it can go reverse. I think that once you accept and love and are comfortable with yourself, decorating yourself can be so empowering. 
but I don't think that people should be decorating themselves before or to get that fulfillment. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes. And you're trying to say like, don't go to the gym because you hate your body and you're trying to change Mm -hmm. it. Go to the gym to nourish yourself because you love your body. So you're, you're talking about the intention behind the decorating of the bod. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just examine that. And we're not saying there's a right or wrong, but there is like a more beneficial and a more detrimental. So here we go. Just check in with yourself to see why you're doing it. And if you like the reason why you're doing it. Yeah. See, Uh I got good ideas. They just don't come out. I got right you. way. I got Kelsey's you, girl. Got I heard you. I knew what you were trying to say. <laughs> My translator. But I, I, yeah, and I do. And it's, this took a while for me. I'm just going to be completely vulnerable for a second. I used to judge hardcore when I saw women or people just maxing out with this like hundreds of thousands of dollars with plastic surgery. And I'm not here to judge anybody for anything they do. But I do think nine times out of 10, when you're focusing that much on the outside, perhaps a little bit more inside would be good because then you wouldn't need to go that far, you know, to look, and it's usually to look like someone else. Like you see people getting like hundreds of thousands to look like Kim K or to look like, gosh, any, anyone. Um, why? Yeah. <laughs> Your face is great. Why are you doing? <laughs> well, I, I was in that position, you know, just a couple of months before my whole, my glasses broke. I was looking up surgery to, you know, fix my eye bags. And so like, whilst you're saying this, I'm nodding along just completely like profusely because it really is about the energy that we're carrying um, with anything to towards our bodies. So mm-hmm. I get it a lot um, with women coming to me because they feel um, almost ashamed because they want to lose weight and they've been told um, or there's this message that if you want to lose weight, then you can never love your, you can't love your body. Right. But my, my viewpoint, which I do get a lot of, um, you know, nasty messages about is that you can want to lose weight and still love your body. It's the energy that you're carrying. So you can do it from a health perspective. Like I love my body and it's going to be healthier when I, lose this weight, release this weight. Can I, can I say one thing? Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. I think that the, the, what helps me understand this in a better way is how do I feel most authentic? Right. Because if I'm carrying an extra, I, for me in my 411 body, if I'm carrying an extra, even an extra 20 pounds, I do not feel myself. I do not feel authentic. I know that Mm -hmm. is not who I am now. There are 300, 400 pound people in the world. Weight doesn't matter, but body image wise, curvy girls, curvy people who are like, this is me. This is me authentically. I'm going to own it and show up exactly as I am. Deal with it. And I freaking love that. I love it. If you can show up as who you authentically feel and say, deal with it. That is the name of the game. Like that's period. The end. (laughs) Like you've won. You've won the game. Uh, And I think anytime you're working outside of that, it's really hard. It's, it feels difficult. It feels like you're not in alignment and it feels like you're literally wearing shoes that don't fit you because you don't feel like yourself. So whatever that means, nasty messages aside, if you feel authentic, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And for some people, their version of authentic is getting lower in weight or is, is going to the gym and building muscle or, you know, whatever wearing heels for me, (laughs) but it just depends on uh, who you are, you know? Yeah. And I feel like the 
the name of this podcast is high vibing it and I think like it's about raising your vibration so yeah self-love is one of the highest vibrations that you can have so you can feel that in your body like you know what that kind of like feels like when you're kind of like really happy joyful in that place of kind of feeling aligned to what is is your true self as opposed to coming from a place of like feeling shame and judgment towards how your body is and what it looks like and how it feels and Lizzie what you're modeling beautifully is what I like to call and consciousness right like I can love myself now and I can also want my body to look and feel different Mm -hmm. they don't have to be contradicting like there is such a thing as holding two opinions or perspectives that look opposing but really have nothing to do with each other and can overlap on top of each other and coexist at the same time when you're of the mentality of this can be true and also that can be true and practicing that kind of mentality with yourself is so beneficial because then you can do it with other people too which would like totally bring world peace even though nobody does that just saying (laughs) nobody's interested but we are Uh, so yeah that was my miss america or you know whatever little world peace speech but get off the soapbox just kidding kelsey (laughs) get the soapbox and scream it louder because we need this message yes we know (laughs) preach Uh, I I think think this is a good time to head over to the Patreon. What do you think? I agree. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say that. So I got to go to Target and get school supplies after this. (laughs) Fun. Love a good Target run. Um, Lizzie, tell everyone a little bit more about your book, where they can buy it, how they can work with you, where they can get more of your medicine. Yeah. Um, So Reclaim the Rebel is available online. Um, It's paperback or ebook from Amazon. Barnes and Noble, um, Apple, um, so all of the, all of the good places where you get your um, mind goodness. Um, so uh, head to those places to get your copy. And um, if you just want to keep chatting, um, best place to do that is on Instagram at Nutrition by Lizzie and Lizzie spelled with a Y. Um, so yeah, just. Uh, be good to connect with all of your listeners and if they are interested in any more of the self-love tools that I have to share um, I also have put together a um, page full of free goodies um, including habit trackers self-love language quiz um, healthy recipes um, things like that if they go to nutritionbylizzie.com forward slash goodies so wonderful a little gift to you yeah wealth of resources thank you for sharing that with everyone Linz, any announcements before we go? I don't, I, I really should be prepared. No, I think we're good. I think uh, go to my website if you want to work with me, join the membership. It's freaking awesome. And uh, subscribe and leave a rating and join our Patreon and be good to yourself. We're just going to throw every love your call body. to action to you guys. And <laughs> do something nice for subscribe, yourself today. Leave a review, love yourself, do everything. <laughs> And also take it easy. That was hysterical. That was like rapid fire. You know what? I think we should just clip that on the every single episode. I think we nailed it. We got it. Oh man, that was good. Yeah. Love you, you know guys. Us. We are self-lovers. We have all the resources. Just go to our Instagrams, go to the link in bio. You'll be reading forever. You'll be watching forever. You'll be going into all these courses and retreats and all the things we have everything for you guys so whatever you need we got you covered but for those vips vi patreons we're gonna go talk to you now so 
uh, join us over there, patreon.com slash high vibe, get goodies. And it's really, really cheap to do it every month. And we love you. Goodbye. Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our high vibe in it community. Make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe every week, we're coming out with new content for you guys. And you can also join our email list. So lindsayrobinson.com, kelseyaida.com. We send email reminders every week about the episodes. If you want to be also in the loop that way and be sure to connect with us on social at Lindsay Robinson and at Kelsey Aida. And of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe. You can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick and super fun to be there. Also leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one.